Buckle up, it's time for That's How I Roll with Jeremiah Isley, a podcast about the games we play and the lives we live. That's How I Roll is presented by Theology of Games. Visit theologyofgames.com for the latest in tabletop gaming, news, reviews, and interviews. And now, here's Jeremiah. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of That's How I Roll. This is episode number 73. We're up on the three-quarter centennial episode here, coming up soon. But anyway, like the lady said, I'm Jeremiah Isley. I'm your host, and we've got a pretty cool episode for you today. So I'm hoping you're buckled in and ready to roll because uh, I got some cool stuff to drop on you. So let's do that. We're going to get to the Real Talk segment right, right now. All right, so I got a saying I want to put on you here and see what, let's all, let's all just close our eyes. Well, not if you're driving, don't close your eyes. Let's just think of the first thing that comes to mind when I say this saying, living the dream. Right now, most people I know say that statement, those three words in a very sarcastic tone, right? They say, oh yeah, living the dream over here. Like it's the worst thing in the world to be living the dream because for whatever reason, the the train went off the rails and things are just bad and it's crazy and it's the sarcastic thing that we all say, right? Well, I gotta be honest. I say that all the time. I say, hey, I'm living the dream. But I mean it. I I totally, I, I'm living the dream right now, folks. Okay. So first of all, my family, my family's awesome. It's super, they're just amazing. Last night, Violet, our little girl, she took her first steps and all of us were there to witness it. My boys went crazy. My wife went crazy. We were all just super excited and cheering and she didn't know what was going on. She was just stumbling around. Um, so that's awesome, right? Like, gotta love that. The next thing is, I love the work I do. I don't, I, I was going to say I love my job, but I don't necessarily have a quote unquote job. I'm a freelancer. I work around in many different areas and arenas and venues and I love it. I love it. I get to work on live theater and work on some really quality productions, which is just a dream come true. I, I mean, literally living the dream there. It's it's an amazing thing to get to do. I get to produce awesome podcasts. If you don't know, I produce other podcasts other than the ones for theologyofgames.com. Um, I've produced a couple of episodes for Tasty Minstrel Games. Check them out. If you just Google what makes Tasty Minstrel Podcast, there's two episodes. There's probably another one coming up soon. I really can't talk about that yet. But I've done these really cool uh, NPR type uh, episodes for them. The first one was about Gen Con and it was an amazing experience. I love it. It's great. Uh, I also do some editing for a lady out in Portland who's called One Click Lindsay. She does traffic and marketing and uh, web traffic and things like that. So I edit those podcasts weekly for her. And then I'm also the co-host and producer of the Media Juice podcast, which is one juicy podcast. It's about uh, filmmaking. It's about toys and video games. Uh, the host of that show, Jeremy Sneed, is a filmmaker. He has uh, he has stuff on Netflix. Go search for Video Games the Movie. That's a documentary that he produced and directed, and it's amazing. It's great. If you love video games and that kind of thing, go check it out. So I do all these awesome things. My work is amazing. I'm just a fan of all of that. One of the other things that I get to do, which is 
all part of living the dream is I get to do this. I get to make that's how I roll. I get to be a part of the Theology of Games podcast. I get to be a part of the Board Games FM podcast. And we write reviews and news and we do interviews with cool people in the gaming industry, all on Theology of Games. And it's one of my favorite things that I get to do because no matter what has changed in my life, and a lot of things have changed in terms of job and family and where we live and all of that stuff. This is one thing that is something that Scott Firestone, my partner in crime, he and I have created this and we have cultivated it and we've grown and we've seen it grow and we've seen it shrink and we've seen it go through different phases, but it's something that we have done and it's not, there's no, there's no boss that can take this away from us. There's no person that's making decisions in an ivory tower that can say, oh, well, we're canceling theology of games. It doesn't exist anymore. That is completely up to us and our our beliefs and our convictions. And if the only person, the only deity, the entity that could tell us that this is ending is, well, I guess probably our wives, but <laughs> uh, is, is God. He could say it's time for this to end and this season is over and it's, and it's done. But other than that, there's no, there's no boss here that tells us this is it, but that's, that's part of what I want to talk about here in terms of living the dream. The next step for us, if you followed Theology of Games for any amount of time, like I said, you've seen it grow and you've seen it shrink. You've seen coverage be really consistent day in, day out. We're writing articles, we're writing reviews, we're doing all the stuff. You've seen all of that, but then you've seen recently where written stuff's kind of tailed off and we're getting that engine back up and running and we're, we're getting more written stuff out. And you've seen the Theology of Games podcast go for months and months without an episode and then we all of a sudden we show up with another one. I've tried to be really, really consistent here on That's How I Roll, but we're on episode 73 and it's been almost two years. So a weekly show that only has 73 episodes, do the math, I, I've missed some, right? Well, we are, we have talked a lot about this and we are making moves towards making this not just a hobby, not just this fun thing that we do, which we love, we, we enjoy it. And it's great, and we love being a part of the gaming community, but kind of taking a turn around the corner and saying, hey, can this be a, I don't know, I guess the, the hip turn nowadays is, can this be a side hustle? You know, can this be a little part-time side hustle kind of thing that we do and we have more rigid schedules for production. We have more uh, consistent schedules for publishing and production and that kind of thing. And I think the answer for that is, yes, it is something we can do, but here's, here's where the, the cool news comes in is we need to, we need to kind of put a stake in the ground and say, this is where we do that from. This is where we're launching that from. And for us this year, that stake in the ground, that, that launching pad, if you will, is Origins Game Fair. What, what? Yeah. So here's the deal. We have registered, we sent in the application and they ran the credit card. So I'm guessing it's been approved. Um, <laughs> but uh, we have registered for a booth at Origins Game Fair. We will be in the exhibit hall. We don't have exact details and locations and stuff like that yet, but we're going to be there. We will be there. At least I will be there <laughs> from open to close every day of the exhibit hall uh, in there. We'll be doing live streams. We'll be doing interviews and we will be doing uh, podcasts from the floor inside the hall with 
everybody and anybody that wants to stop by and talk to us. Uh, we are so, so excited about this. Plus, not only that will we get to you know give this great coverage of the con, but we'll get to meet everybody. We'll get to meet all of you listeners. We'll get to meet new listeners and new friends, and we'll get to shake your hand and thank you for listening, for reading, for whatever you do. Um, we'll get to do that. We'll have a space, and it'll be an open place for everybody to come and say hi. And plus, we're going to round up some stuff and we're going to give away things. We're going to do contests and prizes and all kinds of stuff all week long. It's going to be amazing. The big question is, how are we doing this, right? <laughs> so we don't make, we make no money, right? We, we make some money every now and then. We sell a couple ads here or there. And all that goes towards hosting fees and site maintenance and that kind of thing. It costs a lot of money for us to uh, to pay our website host for us to keep that to keep theology of games up and running. Plus monthly fees to host the podcast and bandwidth and all that stuff. I'm telling you, we are upside down on this thing. We are losing money. We're investing our money and in doing this, and we love it. We. We have no qualms about any of that. We love what we do. We love making content and being a part of the gaming community. But this is a big undertaking. And we've sat down and kind of done some rough budgeting. It's it's not exact. We, we don't expect to make money on this deal at all. But we've kind of figured out how much it's going to take for us to get a room, to get down there, to have some meals. Uh, plus, we gotta, we got to dress up the booth a little bit. You know, we got to do a couple banners and... Get, have some things to hand out, th- some things to give away. And so we've come up with this rough number of about three grand that it's going to take. And that's I'm sure that's going to be, we're going to find out that that's way low, way, way, way low to make this thing happen. But we are going to be launching very, very soon. We're going to be launching a Indiegogo, a Indiegogo, an Indiegogo campaign to help to kind of defray those costs. Now, we don't have a lot to offer at this time. So if you are a listener and you love the show and you want to chip in five bucks, we're going to put up a page on on the site that'll be a thank you page for all the Indiegogo folks who have contributed and made this thing happen. And that will be one thing that we're going to be doing. Uh, We're also giving thank yous away on some of the shows. So we'll have a whole segment on this, uh, on That's How I Roll. We'll have a segment on Theology of Games podcast and, of course, on Board Games FM where we thank people and maybe we'll do fun stuff and come up with backstories and how they helped. And I don't know. We're still still figuring all this out. It's going to be fun. But um, so we don't have a whole lot to offer back to you right away other than by doing this you're helping us grow our audience you're helping us uh, search other paths to monetization and those kind of things so that this can become that side hustle that we were talking about so that you can have more consistent more high quality more published product more content for you to listen to to and read to watch to enjoy all of those things, um, just with your little contributions, can help. Now, if you are a publisher, or if you are launching a Kickstarter, or if you are um, in any way tied to a business or a corporation that would be interested in advertising, we are selling sponsorship spots on our shows, on the site, uh, and those come in the form of you know either 
ad space on the site, like a banner ad or a sidebar ad, or they come in the in the way of you can be the show sponsor of That's How I Roll for the full second season, which will be about 50 shows, right? So it'll be a part of the intro and the outro themes and you'll be able, and it'll it'll say welcome to that's how i roll that's how i roll brought to you by xyz game publishing so we are we're selling those spots those are a little more expensive but we're hoping that um, somebody might feel strongly about these shows and producing them and being a part of bringing them to you that they would uh, be willing to chip in in those ways. And we've got some other things in the work. If you want to go and look on the show notes, I'm putting a link there to the preview page to the Indiegogo uh, campaign, and we will be launching that soon. We'll be taking feedback. We'd love to hear what you think. Uh, Cool rewards, cool perks, cool things that we can sort of give in return to you uh, for helping us make this dream come true for us. Whoa! Hey everyone, look! It's time for another drive-by review. Okay, so as if that wasn't exciting enough, uh, <laughs> at least it's exciting for me. I hope I hope folks that are listening are as equally excited as I am. I've got uh, a cool review for you today. Now, if you do read the site, you have seen this written review. We just published it. I believe it was last week or maybe it was earlier this week. Anyway, so we are reviewing here on the show Element. Element is a game for two to four players. It's a filler-esque type game. It's the box says about 30 minutes and some games might actually go a little bit over that but sometimes it goes quicker than that so you could possibly play this as a filler uh it also says ages 14 and up i don't know about that my kids are younger than that and uh we've played it with them but uh, the age on the boxes i never really take that into account a whole lot other than uh, I know they can't put super low because of advertising to kids, laws, and things like that. I don't know. It's weird. Anyway, suffice all that to say, uh, Element is an abstract game. Now, some folks say, I don't like abstract games, uh, including Scott Firestone, who is, again, my partner here on Theology of Games. All that to say, this is an abstract game. I like abstract games, and I like this one. Spoiler alert there. All right, so let me tell you just a little bit about how the game plays. There's a board. It's a grid. You're going to have up to four pawns on the board, depending on how many players there are. Each of these pawns represents one of the four elements, and it's like a sage of the elements. So there's water, earth, wind, water, and fire. Now, none of that matters other than they're just another color, which means in order for you to kind of keep track of which pawn is yours, uh, but it doesn't give you like a special ability or you get to use a different element in a different way. It's just simply a thematic kind of device for you to have a, a different color pawn, okay? Now, these pawns are very, very cool. They're, they feel they're they're really like hefty and they they look and kind of feel like they're hand carved out of some kind of rock or mineral or something they're i'm pretty sure they're just plastic but they look really nice they feel really nice it's one of my favorite game components of the last couple years because it's just really cool and hefty and it, it looks and feels 
as cool as it should. So uh, on top of that, there's a whole bunch of tokens, these little plastic tokens that are in four different colors for the different elements. And then there's a big cloth bag that also uh, has this cool embroidering on it. And each there's four symbols on it for each of the elements. So that's that's the game. That's that's what comes in the box, uh, you know, along with a rule book and that sort of thing. The way the game plays is you're, there's these four spots that are marked for starting spots on uh, on the board. You're going to put the pawns down on those so your sages are there. And then all you're going to do is you're going to draw four tokens blindly out of the bag and then you're going to place them now and then you get to move your pawn one space now you could at the beginning of your turn say i think i need to move an extra space or two so i'm only going to draw three or two or one token so that i can move my pawn a couple extra spaces so for each token less than four that you draw you get an extra space of movement Sometimes that comes in handy. I've never, I think I've never drawn less than three in a game, but uh, at times it, it, I could see how it could come in handy. So what you're going to do is you're going to take those, those tokens that you drew and you're going to place them anywhere. You can play them anywhere you want, but the goal of the game for you is to completely surround the pawn of the player on your right. So you want to get all uh, eight squares up to eight depending on if they're in a corner or whatever surrounding a player's pawn and then once you do that you win so you're not worrying about the person on your left you're not worrying about the person that's not adjacent to you you're worrying about the player that's sitting to your right they're worrying about the player sitting to their right and so on and so on so things are going to happen to you players are going to do things and you're going to be like oh i hate you for that but you don't retaliate because that would be foolish to do that because you don't get anything for doing bad things to them. You're actually helping the person that's trying to capture them, which means you will lose the game. So there's only one winner. Once somebody surrounds another player's pawn, boom, that's it. Game over. You win, right? So that's cool. Um, I really like that about it because it it really changes the way you think about how you play a game because usually... When somebody, it's that take that kind of thing. If somebody hits you, you're going to try to bloody their nose back. And that's just not how this one works. So there's a couple things you need to know when you place these pawns. Or I'm sorry, not the pawns, the tokens. Uh, They all react differently because they're all different elements. So water flows. When you place water down, it will move the number of uh, the number of spaces that there are tokens together, right? So like if there's three tokens down already and you place a fourth one down, all of those tokens are going to flow four spaces and it'll kind of go like a train, like a snake, you know, and you can move them wherever you want and it'll flow and then it stops and wherever it stops, it stops. And that's the end of that. Then you'll place the next one and it could be another water one. It could be whatever else. And then, but if it was another water one, then it would move five spaces. Water's really cool because you can actually create these little pools of water and then boom, you can put one down and it'll snake around and it'll capture the guy that you're trying to capture. And everybody's like, that was amazing. And you're like, yeah, it was. I just won suckers. So, um, (laughs) water's cool like that. Fire spreads. So if you like just, there's some little quirky rules with this one, but just imagine like if there was a line of, you know, three or four fire tokens 
in a row and you placed one on one end, well, it would spread and then another fire token would go to the other end of that. So it would actually make that line not just one token longer, but two token longer, two tokens longer. Um, earth becomes mountains. So you can, if you have earth together, now here's the, here's something you need to know about movement. If you if there's a diagonal gap between two tokens, a pawn can move through that diagonal gap. It can't jump over it unless it's air. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, once you create a mountain range by stacking another earth token on top of it, then any earth token that's connected to that stacked one is a part of the mountain range and you can no longer move diagonally through any of those gaps. So it kind of makes it easier to capture somebody because you don't have to get as many tokens down around them. So that's how earth works. And then wind lets you jump over the wind tokens. And then if you stack it, it lets you jump two spaces. And if you stack it again, you, let, you can jump three spaces over it. So that's kind of a cool way to escape. You can put a wind token down next to your guy and whoop, you're out of there. You can jump away. So that is really it. You draw four tokens, you play them, you move your guy, you try to capture the guy on your right. You make sure you follow all the rules for the elements. And when you've captured, somebody has been captured, the game ends and you have a winner. That's that's how you play the game. It's super cool. It's super fun. It's really, really easy to learn. Um, there's a couple, I say fire is probably the hardest element to learn just with how it spreads, depending like if you put it in the middle of a, a group of tokens or something like that. But it's really well spelled out in the rule book. There's lots of cool examples and like three minutes with that rule book and you're good to go. This game, uh, th the theme is cool. The artwork is cool. The components are great. The first couple times I played it, I was like, you know, I'm kind of disappointed because all these tokens, they're all different colors, which makes obvious sense because you have to have four different tokens for the elements, but they all have the same design on them. And then it hit me. I was like, oh, if you're reaching into the bag, you could feel and grab the ones you want if they all had different designs sort of embossed on them. So they all have the same same design on them, but uh, they're, they're well-made. They're these nice, thick plastic tokens. The bag is really well-made. The pawns are really well-made. This game is just great. It's a lot of fun. I really, really enjoy it. I have played with, again, I've played with casual players. I've played with my kids. I've played with gamer gamers. I've played it at conventions. I've played this game with so many different people and it always works. It's always fun. You know, some people grasp the concepts of all of the different tokens and the, you know, the different elements and how they move much, much quicker. And then it's like, oh, it's on. And then some of them, we get through like a game and they're like, oh, okay, I got it now. And then we play again and then it's totally on. So the learning curve is really, really quick on it. And it's just... It's a fun game. It's one of those things. It's where, yes, it's an abstract, but it's got a cool little theme going on. And I think it's fantastic. It's designed by Mike Ritchie and Grant Wilson. It's from Rather Dashing Games. It's Element. This game needs to be in your collection. I, I, I just, I can't say that enough. I really, really enjoy this one. And uh, I think you and your gamer friends will enjoy it too. Even if you don't think you like abstracts, this one's really good. Just go get it, okay?
All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. It's been a great, great episode. I would really appreciate it if you would check out that Indiegogo page. Please, we want your feedback on that. Let us know something cool that we can add to it. By all means, we want to know those things. Um, Let us know. Hit us up here at theologyofgames.com. You can go to the Contact Us tab at the top bar. You can tweet at us at Theology of Games. Find us on Facebook and send us a message through there. Or you can just plain old email us at theologyofgames at (sighs) gmail.com. All right. That was a cool episode. I had a lot of fun with it. Hope you did too. Let me know what you think about Element if you've played it because I love it. I think it's great. And I'm going to get out of here. So that's it, guys. Until we meet again, just remember... I'm Jeremiah Isley, and that's how I roll. Thanks for rolling with us today. That's How I Roll is produced by Jeremiah Isley and brought to you by Theology of Games. If you liked what you heard today, take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in, and drive safe.